Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. This is Grace and Lily Rose. The Palaszczuk government announced a new roadmap this morning outlining the steps to ease restrictions. From 4pm today, Queenslanders can enjoy a drink or meal out without having to be seated. Further restrictions will be eased later in the month, including opening the border to New South Wales, as long as there is no unlinked community transmission in the state for 28 days. In political news, former Senator Andrew Bartlett has been chosen to replace Greens candidate John Meyer as the party's Clayfield hopeful following an internal feud over campaign funding. Mr Bartlett represented Queensland in the Senate from 1997 to 2008 as a member of the Australian Democrats. The seat is held by former State Treasurer and LNP leader Tim Nichols on a 2.4% margin. Australians are urged to prepare for the summer disaster season, which officially begins this month. Emergency Management Australia released its annual disaster season briefing following consultation with police, fire authorities and emergency services in every state and territory. Minister for Agriculture, Drought, Emergency Management David Littleproud says since the last disastrous bushfire season, the Australian Defence Force has been working with the Department of Defence and Home Affairs to streamline support services. He says it's critical families, households and individuals do whatever they can to prepare themselves. Woolworths will expand its trial of cashless payments only in its metro stores in Sydney and Melbourne over the coming weeks. This means nine stores will no longer accept physical money. The trial is intended to help customers at CBD locations get in and out of the store fast with more Australians turning away from cash. Although some customers have welcomed the trial, many have criticised the move, citing security and accessibility concerns. In international news, the Amazon rainforest in Brazil is still burning and suffering its worst fires in a decade. In September, satellites recorded a 61% increase in fires in the rainforest from September 2019. The sudden surge in fires in the Amazon was the centre of much coverage in August last year. However, this year the peak of the fires have been sustained for longer, as the Amazon is experiencing a longer dry season, which scientists attribute to global warming. Nepal's decision to scale down festivals and centuries-old rituals due to coronavirus fears has invited a concerned response from religious leaders. Some are worried that a divine anger from their gods could lead the country into catastrophe. As of September 30, 
there have been nearly 78,000 confirmed COVID-19 cases and 500 deaths due to coronavirus in Nepal. Infections are on the rise in Kathmandu and there are fears that the disease could spread further if these rituals go ahead as people travel home during the festivals. For weather, it's a sunny day in Brisbane today with a high of 29 degrees and a low of 14 degrees. The UV index is predicted to reach high levels around midday, so sun protection is recommended. That's all for Z Lines today. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at 4ZZZ News. Hello, everyone. You're on the Paradigm Shift with Ian. Thanks very much to Grace for that uh, Z Lines. Uh, interesting things there in politics and in as far as the COVID pandemic is concerned. The uh, state government is clearly deciding to relax things a bit. This week's show, we're going to cover the Assange extradition trial, which we've been covering each week. I think we're into the fifth week of that trial, and we'll be having a report from John Jiggins and an interview with Kieran O'Reilly, who's one of Julian Assange's greatest supporters, both on the ground and also because of his own experiences. I suppose the biggest thing this week that happened media-wise was the first presidential debate between the Democratic nominee Joe Biden, who was uh, Obama's vice president, and, of course, President Trump, the Republican nominee for the elections which are coming up early in November. I did have the misfortune of listening to the entire debate... It was totally appalling. There were some things that came out of it, however, uh, that are of interest to us as just ordinary people following what the, the big imperialists in the world are doing, and that is that, firstly, on climate change, they neither candidate would recognise the Green New Deal necessary for the stopping of this crisis in climate change. So the Green New Deal is out. uh, That was supported by Bernie Sanders, who was one of the Democratic candidates for the nomination for president. But the Democratic Party decided, no, we're not going to go with that. We're going to go with our man, Joe Biden. Really, I don't know whether I could recommend to you to listen to that debate. It's just uh, shocking. Uh, uh, the poor Jerno who was trying to moderate it had no chance because they just shouted it over the top of him. They, they interrupted all the time. Neither of them had any coherent plans for the economy, for COVID, for climate change, all of the big pressing issues of the day. None of them had anything. So... Not to mention the the wildfires that are going on in California at the moment. Trump just said you need better forest management. You need more than that. It's because we're looking at the underlying cause is, is coming from somewhere else. At the back half of this show, after we've dealt with uh, Julian Assange's extradition, we're going to uh, look, have a look at what je- like what musos have been doing to during this period of hibernation. And I'm just going to play a song that's just been released from a hibernation CD, and this one is by Karilpa Reach. It's called Devilish Dub, and of course, not able to play their live gigs anymore, uh, but good on them for putting out this song and also for putting out that CD. There's a bit of a, a connection with this band. I, I know two of the people 
Pablo in and Santi, uh, who uh, uh, I've seen them down at the Kangaroo Point Prison playing at, in the park. And a big shout out to their mum and dad, Ainsley and Juliana, who supported those boys and and the band generally. And it's really because of uh, Pablo and Santi's mum at one of those at rallies that I decided we better play their music on Paradigm Shift. So let's let's go and have a listen to Kurilpa Reach with Devilish Dub. Listening to Karupa Reach on Full 101 Dub FM, live from Tanuki Lounge.
dub by Karupa Reach. They are down at the KP prison. They take their music out on the streets and good luck to them. You're on the Paradigm Shift with Ian and we're covering the Assange extradition trial. It, this, year, this week it was week five and we'll, go, we'll give a bit of a roundup before we go to the interview with uh, Kieran O'Reilly. Niels Meltzer, the UN rapporteur on torture, has described the treatment of Julian Assange by the governments of the United Kingdom, the United States and Sweden as torture. Nonetheless, Meltzer has been ignored by these governments and the Australian government too. Much of the past week at Assange's extradition hearing in the Old Bailey has been concerned with the deteriorating state of Assange's mental health following his seven-and-a-half-year forced detention in the Ecuadorian embassy and the further year-and-a-half confinement in Belmas prison and the further deterioration his mental health would suffer if he were extradited. The defence has argued Assange would be exposed to further torture in the US prison system from a secretive form of extreme isolation in US federal prisons. It's called Special Administrative Measures, or SAMs. These prohibit prisoners who live under them from contact or communication with all but a handful of approved individuals. Prisoners subjected to this describe the experience as like living in a world by yourself in which they have almost no human contact. Many of those on SAMs have developed mental health issues as a result of the isolation. To counter this argument by the defence, who was saying you can't extradite a man so that he just goes insane, the prosecution has relied on the argument that Assange is simply malingering. The maximum security prison in Florence, Colorado, is where the US intends to incarcerate Julian Assange when he is convicted. Bay FM reporter Dr John Jiggins 
spoke with Kieran O'Reilly. He's an Assange supporter and Plowshares activist. He spoke to him about Florence and his own experiences in the US prison system and the normalisation of torture in the US under the war on terror. Let's go to that interview with, Julie, with Kieran O'Reilly now. The ADX maximum security prison in Florence, Colorado, is where the US intends to incarcerate Julian Assange when he's found guilty. In his submission to the ongoing extradition hearing, US Assistant Attorney Gordon Cromberg praised this security prison for its variety of life-enhancing activities. As a plowshare activist who was incarcerated in US prisons for over a year, what is your reaction? Yeah, I was sentenced along with three other pacifists, uh, Catholic worker, plowshares activists, um, who had disabled a B-52 bomber in a non-violent action uh, a couple of weeks before the first Gulf War began. There was a debate between the Air Force and the prosecution of whether to charge us with sabotage, which would have been a national security thing, but the, the Air Force lost that debate and we were charged with conspiracy and damage to government property. <clears throat> Other people from our movement uh, were charged under sabotage and received 18 years in prison. Since I did my time, and I was in county jails in New York, but also in federal penitentiaries in Oklahoma, Louisiana, and a county jail in, um, in Texas. Things have got worse in the prison industry in the United States. Um, Florence, Colorado, and that's been brought up in Julian's extradition hearing, is a probable place he'll be sent to, is the supermax in the prison system in, in the United States now. So as a federal prisoner, when, when I was incarcerated, prisons were, federal prisons were rated from about one to six um, in terms of security. So at the very lowest level, which is where, um, you know, the wealthy go if they're ever <laughs> incarcerated, people like Michael Milken, etc. there's not even a wall. It's like, as people say, serving time, serving tennis, all the way up to Supermax, which when I was in prison was located in Marin, Illinois. But since then, they've built Florence, uh, which is even a more isolated place geographically in the mountains of Colorado. And in there, they've got people like the Unabomber, uh, the Boston Marathon bomber, uh, El Chapo uh, from Mexico. And they'll, I would think they'll definitely put Julian in there. It's also interesting to note that Woody Harrelson, the actor, his father died in Florence, Colorado. He was a prisoner there. Um, and what I've read about Florence, Colorado is as a prisoner, you do not know where you are in the prison. You don't get to interact with any other prisoners. And um, as one former warden said, it's designed to drive you crazy. So a big difference. Uh, and Gareth Pierce, who's Julian's main solicitor in the extradition hearing, as she has argued against all extraditions uh, from Europe uh, to the United States, there's a big difference in, in Europe the right to association, that is to associate with other human beings, is seen by the European Declaration of Human Rights 
um, and by the judicial system in Europe as a basic human right, as basic as food, clothing, ablutions, etc. But in the United States, the way the, I think the Eighth Amendment is interpreted by the Supreme Court is that human association is not seen as a basic human right and then they can hold you in solitary or isolation indefinitely. And I, I believe there's something like 60,000 people in, uh, in, in isolation and solitary in the US prison system, which is, has expanded since I experienced it in the early 90s. So when I was in prison um, in 91, 92, uh, the prison population was 1.3 million. It is now 2.2 million. Um, so... Uh, what I've also read about where Julian will... Uh, he, he'll be sent to Florence, Colorado uh, after he is sentenced. And before that, he'll be um, in isolation in Alexandria Detention Centre where Chelsea Manning has just spent time for refusing to, in, to inform or give evidence against WikiLeaks and Julian Assange and from the in contempt of the grand jury. Mentioning Chelsea Manning... That's the example that will probably happen to Julian Assange. Instead of um, the sort of wonderful picture painted by the attorney for the US, what actually happened with Chelsea Manning? Chelsea was initially arrested in Baghdad. So Chelsea was initially detained in Kuwait and pretty much tortured. Uh, and then transferred to a marine base, even though uh, Chelsea was a member of the US Army, ended up in a marine base in Quantico. Now, do you want to explain pretty much tortured? Yeah, it was... Um, it, I think torture's become quite mainstream in the US now, and uh, this is part of the paradigm shift with the following the 9-11 attacks. So it became acceptable at Guantanamo initially and uh, eventually they used it on one of their own soldiers, you know. And, it, like, her living conditions in Quantico were just completely in isolation. She was on a wing, but she was the only person on that wing. From memory, the conditions were that she had to sleep from 9pm to 5am. But if she turned toward the wall in her sleep or put her arm over her head or anything like that, they'd come in and wake her up and put her in a um, stressed position. And then once she woke at five, she was not allowed to lie down on the bunk, wasn't allowed to exercise. And every 15 minutes they demanded an audible response from her from 5am to 9pm. Are you all right? Yes, sir. Or okay, or whatever. And so it was a bit like Chinese water torture, you know, this kind of repetitive thing. Well, they're recognised as forms of torture, aren't they? Sleep deprivation. Ah, yeah. And also being put in stress... Position, but when I say they're recognised, the US doesn't recognise them as torture. No, actually, the Brits were using them in Northern Ireland in the early 70s, hooding and stress positions, and the European Court recognised it as torture. They stopped doing that in the north of Ireland, and you know, they brought it back for the Iraq occupation. So, you know, Chelsea was allowed one hour exercise a day in a larger room in shackles. So Julian, I think, will be initially in what they call administration segregation and it'd be like 23 hours a day in the cell, no interaction with other prisoners and a one-hour exercise period in a larger cell. 
he's already done 18 months in a maximum security prison in Belmarsh and what we're hearing through the courts and through this extradition hearing is that he did a lot better mentally in, when he was in general population interacting with other prisoners than he did once they put him in medical and pretty much put him in solitary. It's, it's, yeah, it's really, it's really terrible um, what they're describing is going to happen to him. That is Plowshares activist, um, peace activist Kieran O'Reilly talking about what would happen to Julian Assange were he, he to be extradited from the United Kingdom to the United States. Implied in that report by John Jiggins is that Julian Assange would not get a fair trial in the United States. He's being tried under really quite ancient spying legislation which was introduced by the United States during the First World War and it was for people who were like selling secrets to the enemy but nonetheless uh, it seems to be clear that most of the commentators and the journalists that I've both in the United Kingdom at the Old Bailey and also in the United States seem to think that if he is extradited then it's a done deal he'll be convicted and sentenced to what I think is 170 years to spend the life in prison and as uh, Kieran pointed out there he'll be tortured um, in the same way that Chelsea Manning has been so there we are that's uh, we'll be interested to I think that the um, the decision on the extradition will be handed down after the US presidential election on, I think it's November the 2nd, um, but there will be an appeal either depending on what happens. Um, let's go now to uh, a little more uplifting song by local band Jumping Fences. It, the song's called Satellites and um, it tries to capture a lot of what is going on during these times about ever-present technology, climate change, the rising seas and a deep-seated urge to find our space in this crazy world. Jumping fences with satellites. Each part. 
for home, drop by the Coffee Roaster on the corner of Montague Road and Anthony Street West End to roast your own coffee. Their in-house designed and manufactured Piccolo Chinook small batch coffee roaster allows you to roast coffee the way you want in only 15 minutes. With the choice of over 50 coffee origins to choose from, you can roast an award-winning single origin or create your own tasty new blend. The Coffee Roaster, sponsors of 4 Z. You're on the Paradigm Shift with Ian. Uh, before the word from our sponsor, we heard their satellites by Foco Nuevo, or Jumping Fences. Jumping Fences is a band that up till recently has every month, on the first Friday of every month, conducted a Foco Nuevo, which is pretty much in a Latin American tradition of the new song movement, uh, where people get together, they they have usually have three bands play, and they, you know, it's a it's a nice atmosphere created. Now, up to now, that's been held, like tonight, it would normally be held in the Kirilpa Hall, but because of COVID-19, that's not possible. Kirilpa Hall is, is shut down. So what they've done, like many other musos, is they've gone online and um, they're bringing performances from a variety of different parts of the world. Uh, like, for example, tonight at 8pm, uh, the Foco Nuevo is bringing two Cuban trovadors, Eric Sanchez and Enid Rosales, and also Julio Hernandez, um, to to the audiences in Brisbane, anywhere in the world, really, who tune in. So if you're interested, I would go and have a look. Um, you, It's hosted by Jumping Fences, that's Sue and Lachlan. And if you go on Facebook um, to the Foco Nuevo in October, you will get the requisite link to the streaming of this concert that they have with um, Julio Hernandez, Eric Sanchez and Ined Rosales. Now, to give you a bit of an idea of the kind of music that they play... Um, Let's go now to uh, their introduction last month of uh, Patricio Abalon, who is a Chilean, a Chileno. Uh, he's a Chileno of Trobador who sings a part of the new song movement, a Nueva Canción. And uh, they'll give you a bit of an idea of what, what our local musos are doing while they're in lockdown. Let's go there now. Hello and welcome to Foco Nuevo in September. 
When the coronavirus pandemic first hit Australia, we had very little idea of how long the measures taken to control the spread of the virus would be in place, and nor could we understand the impact that it would have on the arts, on music, and for us at Foco Nuevo. We're really glad that we've been able to sustain Foco Nuevo during the pandemic, even though it's been very different for us. We're really glad that you've been able to tune in and even though we can't see you, it's heartwarming to know you're out there. We had the great pleasure of meeting our first guest, Patricio Anabalon, when he toured Australia in 2006. Patricio is a Chilean singer-songwriter with a great knowledge of the uh, Nueva Canción, the new song movement of Chile. He stayed with us for a couple of days and we spent hours and hours talking about the troubadour tradition, singer-songwriters and what it all means. We were lucky enough to be able to perform with him on a couple of occasions while he was touring and we really enjoyed his company, his songs and we were very pleased when he could return again in 2009. So welcome back to Australia, Patricio, even if it is only via the internet. Sábado frágil Pez de niebla en tu ventana La maravilla de ese río De ser agua Sábado frágil En la vertiente de unas alas La ventanilla de los sueños Llora la Y aquí en la sala Dos pétalos heridos La tiniebla que ha crecido Porque ayer no desperté Y aquí en la sala Dos pétalos heridos La tiniebla que ha crecido Porque ayer no desperté Sábado frágil, el pez de niebla en tu ventana río de ser agua y aquí en la sala dos pétalos heridos la tiniebla que ha crecido porque ayer no desperté y aquí en la sala dos pétalos Sábado frágil, 
El pez tenía en tu ventana la maravilla de ese río, de ser agua. Sábado frágil en la vertiente de unas alas, la ventanilla de los sueños. Llora la alba Y aquí en la sala Dos pétalos heridos La tiniebla que ha crecido Porque ayer no desperté Y aquí en la sala los pétalos heridos, la tiniebla que ha crecido porque ayer no desperté. Patricio Anabalon, a Chilean troubadour, singing Espera. And what we're doing now on the paradigm shift as we come up towards quarter to one is that we're covering what musos are doing in this isolation that we're in, this hibernation that they're in. And we're trying to cover the response by the creative community as to how they deal with the, this r crazy, tumultuous world that we're living in at the moment. So let's go back to Jumping Fences, uh, to Sue and Lachlan, 
and they're going to introduce a very interesting uh, troubadour from from Cuba this time, and they do this on their their monthly Foco Nuevo, which has now gone from the Carilpa Hall in West End to the internet. Let's go now to and have a listen to Sue and Locke introduce Yeni Torino from Cuba. Yeni Torino is a young Cuban singer-songwriter who we first met in uh, 2018 when she was playing at the second EEJO Women's Singer-Songwriter Festival. She comes from Santa Clara in the middle of the island and that city has a rich musical tradition which we got to appreciate greatly in when we were touring, touring there in 2017 and 18. Yeni plays with confidence and ease, which I think reflects the rich musical tradition into which she was born. We're so pleased that Yeni can play with us tonight. Thank you. 
Thank you, Yenny. We know you haven't been well recently and we really appreciate your participation at FOCO tonight. Thank you, Sue. That was really good, Yenny Torino, from her room in Havana during a, a FOCO Nuevo last month. And, of course, if you want to, you can tune in tonight. Go to the FOCO Nuevo Facebook page. That's F-O-C-O Nuevo, N-U-E-V-O. Go to their Facebook page. And you'll get the link to, you can watch it either on YouTube or you can watch it on Facebook. Uh, Sue and Lachlan will introduce it. It's quite an interesting roundup that they've got tonight. Um, it begins at 8, so they can even send you the link to it if you if you go to that Facebook page and click the right button. Uh, yeah, so anyway, we'll have a little bit more of this Latin American music now. Let's go now to Victor Hara with a famous song that is sung all over Latin America to huge audiences, Te Recuerdo Amanda. calle mojada corriendo a la fábrica donde trabajaba Manuel la sonrisa ancha la lluvia en el pelo no importaba nada ibas a encontrarte con él con él con él con él con él son cinco minutos La vida es eterna en cinco minutos Suena la sirena de vuelta al trabajo Y tú caminando lo iluminas todo Los cinco minutos te hacen florecer Te recuerdo amando La calle mojada Corriendo a la fábrica donde trabajaba Manuel La sonrisa ancha La lluvia en el pelo No importaba nada Ibas a encontrarte con él Con él, con él Con él, con él Que partió a la sierra que nunca hizo daño, que partió a la sierra y en cinco minutos 
quedo destrozado Suena la sirena de vuelta al trabajo Muchos no volvieron Tampoco Manuel Te recuerdo Amanda La calle mojada Corriendo a la fábrica donde trabajaba Manuel That was uh, Victor Hara with the Te Recuerda and Amanda. Po- apologies for my Spanish. Um, that, of course, is a signature song by a, a, a musician who gave everything for the revolution in Chile in 1973 and in the leading up to that. Uh, but unfortunately, he was murdered by the regime in the, the big sports stadium in uh, Santiago in, in Chile. Anyway, I'm going to go out with Jumping Fences. I've been letting people know about the online response to the COVID thing where everyone seems to be in hibernation, but music is ongoing. The creation of music is ongoing and tune in, if you like, at 8pm tonight at... Foco Nuevo, you can get uh, reach them on the Facebook page, Foco Nuevo, or the band is the the band that it, it actually creates this Foco online is called Jumping Fences that we've heard from today, and we'll go out with their song. This is Sue Monk singing Distancia y Latido. See ya. Sueños aliviando esa to-